0: Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, December 1st. Happy December. Turn on that Mariah Carey. We are 25 days away from Christmas or a few days yeah. away from Hanukkah if you choose to celebrate. So happy holidays to you all. Uh, we have got a fun week coming up in the uh, New York Jets world. We're obviously going to talk about the Jets decision to bench Mike or Zach Wilson for Mike White as we recorded our last podcast the night before they made that decision public. Classic. we then going to talk about the Jets' 31-10 to victory over the Chicago Bears and preview their upcoming bout with the Minnesota Vikings. Before we get into all of that, before I say hello to Teddy, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same with the YouTube, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's. It's unnecessary. Is there ever a point where I should reach out to the person who is just Spring Blake and be like, hey, do you need this? Should I just be like the the one that's got do, one A? Is do like, they tweet? Do, do they you, like? Need it? I should check. We're I'll check after oh, asking. Yeah, yeah, one A would take the good. one with one A. Like, why not?
1: Four is just like a lot. It's unnecessary. <laughs> it's unnecessary. But hey. it's like it goes with the.
0: It goes with the spring the movie, blank, the spring break. That's how he, he says spring it. Spring break, but yeah, it's terrible. Anyways, oh, is Teddy, that why we say that? Yeah.
1: Oh, I think so. I thought it's just because we thought we were sick on spring break.
0: Oh no, Maybe that though. that's where the name came from. Yeah, it didn't come from the movie, but I tied it in with the movie and uh in my own brain. So yeah, yeah. that
1: movie sucks.
0: Yeah, that movie's terrible. Teddy, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, coming off a big jets win, so that was good. Nice relaxing Sunday. Got my dog neutered today, so no more balls for river. <laughs> um, but yeah, Poor. chilling.
0: River with no nuts. Yeah,
1: poor little boy. Poor little boy. But no, I'm doing good. I mean, freaking ready to talk about the Jets. Ready to, uh, we got a big couple games coming up. Big part of the season here. What, what, what'd you say today's day was? December 1st? December 1st. And I believe, I believe the goal of this season for a lot of fans and the coaches was, you know, play meaningful games in December. That's definitely going to happen. Um, so that's awesome. That's a win. But, you know, once you reach a, once you reach a milestone, you got your next one to worry about. So now I'm all in on making the playoffs. So hopefully we can end this season out. What do we got? Seven games left? Six games left? Six games left. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully we we finish out strong and make the playoffs.
0: Nut crunching time. Just a quick time out. The at Spring Blake. He's got one follower and he's following four people. He has been around since September of 2011. I highly doubt he is going to ever answer if I know. DM, so DM him. No though. chance. Definitely this DM him. Blake Adam. I'll, that's his face right
1: there. Dang, you're doc, doxing him.
0: I oh, am. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Blake Adam. Um, Teddy, we, we obviously have to start off with the Jets' decision to bench Zach Wilson for Mike White. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we did not yes. get the chance to talk about this because like every episode we come out with, uh, we come out with a show. And then two hours later, the Jets decide to make news and, and make headlines with any sort of change. It happened first with Elijah Moore. It happened at points with Zach Wilson. And now we're here with the bench. Happened in and the, and the offseason. Zach White. having a ton in the offseason. So, Teddy when we kind of both found out, I believe it was Wednesday when they made the decision public um, you know, we had both at least agreed in the situation where it's like, you let Zach go into Chicago. If things don't look great, make the switch because clearly Chicago is not a team like new England or a respectable defense. And so if Zach was struggling against a lesser defense, then it was like, okay, we definitely need to make the switch. The jets had other plans. They had zero intentions on, on letting him go into that game and thus they they send him down to almost essentially the practice squad um, where they're having him do these reps as kind of the scout team, um, and, and they pave way to Mike White to come in as quarterback against the, uh, the Bears there. So what was your, I guess, initial reaction when the decision happened?
1: Yeah, it, it was interesting because, you know, we had kind of said that we thought Zach Wilson should be the play, and I definitely did think that just because I thought that the Bears would be a good opportunity for him to maybe bounce back. Um, but with that being said, when the decision happened, I was kind of just like, all right, like there it is. Like, let's, let's move on with Mike White and let's see what happens. Um, it, it was, it, it was very interesting and it seemed very like nuanced to me. Like there was a lot to it, you know, because I guess number one, when you just look back and especially in that Patriots game, but throughout the year, I mean, just time and time again, Zach Wilson has not. Like stepped up, you know, and not made things happen, not been able to be relied on when when the run game's not working, things like that. And so you look at that, you look at that mixed with you know the very poor play in the Patriots game of just missing like very easy, fundamental plays that that just completely killed the team. And then you know you pair all that with the with the kind of drama and the the comments after the game, and all those things that it kind of was just a perfect storm for Robert Sala to say, Hey, you know what? This kid needs to step back. We need to step back from him as a team and just kind of continue to grow. And I think, you know, hindsight's obviously 2020, but now looking back, it's like Robert Sala really made a hell of a decision, you know, because Mm -hmm. it does seem that I think the most surprising thing to me, and I, it shouldn't have been surprising, but you know, I always got this optimistic viewpoint, but like all the drama with like the team and kind of Zach Wilson losing the locker room and all those things, like, that was very real. And I think that was kind of like a takeaway. Maybe it was easier for, you know, some of you people listening or Blake to to kind of be like, yeah, of course that was real. Like people were pissed off. Like why wouldn't they be? But I guess for me with just like the optimism, I'm like, you know, those are Zach's friends, you know, hopefully it's not as bad as we think. Um, But just kind of hearing all the things that went down about it, it, you know, it just seemed like people on the team were really ticked off and you pair that with just poor play. And I mean, that is, recipe for disaster and and we kind of talked about last week where if the jets went out and lost to this bears team and dropped to six and five in a division that's the best division in football you know that's like a season killer and instead of allowing even the opportunity for that to happen the jets staff and robert sala and and you know whoever else was involved in the decision said hey we're gonna go with this veteran guy who's shown he can kind of lead the offense and see how it goes. And it ended up working out really well. And he had a big game and we got a big win. Um, So, you know, definitely kind of a wild, wild time. And I feel I feel for Zach Wilson. But at the end of the day, it seems like he kind of had it coming to him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I think what made it a little bit harder along the the ride of him struggling was the Jets were still winning, albeit ugly games. They're still winning a bunch yeah. of these games. And then you get the two games that are sort of within the same month against New England, where you're just like this guy flat out has the yips. And, and I said that last week, it just he's got the yips. The mechanics are off. The timing is off. He doesn't the video that changed everything for me when I was like, oh, this is why you need to make a switch is in that game against the Patriots. I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe it got sent in the group chat that we're both, uh, you know, part of. But it is a passing play. The offensive line sent this. goes back sent this, yes. to block and he hands it off to, was it Michael Carter? Whoever it was. He hands the ball off as a dude, I think it play. was Ty
1: Johnson who who thought it was a, a play action, you know, and then all of a sudden just has the He's ball, got the ball,
0: his his ball in his hands. And then at that point, yeah. after you see that, you're like, okay, this dude clearly is just missing some, something. Something has yeah. gone awry in his brain. And obviously the timing is all off. The throws were really bad in that New England game. But when you see that and you see a quarterback who is calling out the play, he is giving the play to the rest of the offense. And then the rest of the offense knows what is coming. And he does the exact opposite. You even saw, I think Dwayne Brown kind of get visibly upset with Zach Wilson after that play. It wasn't to the extent of when we saw that defensive player yell at Russell Wilson on Sunday, but, you know, frustration, obviously. And I think that stretches into the part now where it was like, they needed to make this move now. And uh, they they did so, and and they they were proactive, not reactive. You could say, oh, they should have made this weeks ago. But like I said, they're still winning games, so it wasn't like they were at a point where it was like, oh, we don't, we need to move off of him because we're jeopardizing our season. Once the losses against New England came, and we've seen that New England is not what New England has been over the last decade. It's not like this are the same old Patriots. You know, losing that game 10 to three, it's like that's a game that, you know, almost 30 teams in the league would probably end up winning. So when you get into that, it, it was there it was the right decision. And, and at the time, I, I hadn't seen all that. I hadn't seen that he was like, you know, you see the throwing motions. You're like, OK, this dude's definitely got something off. But I think his just his total lack of awareness on the field. He needed a step back. And and the Jets coaching staff yeah. said this, you know, they 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 leave it open for his potential return down the road, but he needs time off. It was almost like in that uh, when he was injured in his rookie season, it was like you hope that he's taking a, set, a seat back and he's watching the offense run through Mike White and Joe Flacco. And hopefully you're trying to learn and pick up on like, oh, these are the nuances of this offense and these are how other quarterbacks can put up points for this team. Hopefully this is another opportunity to do so for him. Do I believe that he can, you know, come back and really make a, a huge, um, you know, reclamation project out of this? Not necessarily, but I believe that there should still be that chance to if he actually cares. And, you know, you sent me a video before this show where he's where CJ Uzoma is talking on an interview about Zach going up and apologizing to the team. And, you know, for for his comments, for his play, if he really does want to take these next few weeks and and really start to hone in and, and you know, what, whatever it needs to be to get back to. a confident level of playing football, maybe there's that chance, but that's not really what we're focused on. Now we're focused on this season and and what's best for this 2022 team.
1: Yeah. And so, so yeah, when, when Robert Sala came out out and benched Zach Wilson or at least announced it, he kind of said, you know, he framed it as, you know, Zach needs a reset. He needs to take a step back. We're going to, you know, put him on the practice squad uh, roll with Flacco and Mike White at quarterback. And, you know, kind of given that opportunity to figure these things out. So, you know, that's great. And I, I, I it's another kind of example of Robert Sala, like being the man and kind of regardless of what his decisions are saying, he's always having his players backs and things like that. And I love that. And I mean, Zach Wilson, he has shown to some extent, you know, you look at maybe like you look at a. Uh, his first game back this year, you look at when he came back from injury last year, like he has shown kind of the ability to improve in short spans, excuse me. But, you know, then it kind of deteriorates from there. So Zach Wilson kind of getting up in front of the team, apologizing. That's great. You know, maybe there is a world where he can start to win back the locker room. Maybe there's a world where, you know, whatever happens. And he kind of gets back in the good graces with the staff and the team. But I mean, you got Mike white who just went out in the spares game, went 22 for 28 for three fifteen and three. Most certainly the jets are not going to be benching Mike white. If he's putting up numbers like this and they're winning games. I mean, at the end of the day and, and kind of what, while I disagreed with the call, to bench Zach Wilson. It's like, it's like an example of like why I'm not a coach, you know, and this, these other guys are Robert Sala is, but it's like, it's like they came out again, which they've done with, with their moves multiple times throughout the year. And they made a move that says, Hey, listen, I don't give, I don't care. We want to win now. Like, like, yes, we, we drafted Zach Wilson with this intent of building him up, of, of having this great team, of, you know, a 10 year, 20 year, 15 year career for Zach Wilson. But at the end of the day, the jets want to win and they have the ability to win. Now they have a team that's good enough to win now. So I I think that move is just another kind of nod of like, Hey, listen, we're not fucking around. Like we are here to win in 2022 right now. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, it was against the bears. They were banged up. They didn't have a whole ton offensively or defensively, but Mike white went out and, and made the most of his opportunity. And and to me, there's no looking back until Mike White, you know, if he has a game like he had last year where he throws three or four interceptions or whatever it may be, then you kind of start to think about, okay, how's Zach, what are we doing? But I mean, as long as this Jets team can continue to compete, continue to win, and he's playing, you know, better than Zach Wilson, which wasn't a hard, hard bar, the Jets, in my opinion, aren't looking back at all this season.
0: Yeah. I don't think they have the, the, um, there's no reasoning to do so. I think this and and one of the reasons why I look at it now and I say this was the right move to get Mike White in for the Bears game is these next two games, like we've mentioned, are 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 huge, you know, steps for the Jets. Now you've got Minnesota coming up, um, uh, one of the top teams in the NFC, albeit a you know people don't really love them as like a juggernaut, I guess, in the conference just because the point differential is low. They've beaten up on bad teams, and when they've lost, they've gotten blown out a couple of times regardless they're still a good team and then you've also got the uh the rematch with buffalo coming up which by the way teddy and i gonna be at the game in buffalo very excited in the 100 time fantastic it's gonna be so much fun i can't wait i'm gonna freeze my dick off um what i'm trying to say is leading up to those two games getting him in against chicago is a is a really nice tune-up and and that's what kind of the the offense looked great the numbers look great we kind of needed to see what this offense could look like with Mike White. And it looked a lot better than it did in weeks prior with Zach Wilson. The passing game got really unleashed there. If you want to take a look at the, the totals, you know, you had uh, Garrett Wilson take five for 95 and two touchdowns. Our boy, Elijah Moore, two for 64 and a touchdown. I I knew like the second, I think we texted this Sunday. It was like, yeah. if Mike White's in at quarterbacks, Elijah Moore is getting a touchdown. I think I yeah, won 50 or Blake 75. Blake and I both.
1: Yeah, Blake and I both took uh, Elijah Moore to score this week. It, it just seemed like it was in the cards when you got the benching of the quarterback who he didn't like. You got the guy who facilitated kind of his biggest games last year. Um, and yeah, it paid off. And and I do want to talk about Elijah Moore a little bit more um, yeah. and kind of what we expect from him. But But just to kind of touch on Mike White a little bit, the beauty of what Mike White did this week was number one, obviously, was, as Robert Sala said, he made the easy look easy, you know, and it's these little screen passes or, you know, slant routes or whatever, where it's like you just, or check downs, you know, where it's like, you just got to get the ball to the player and live to fight another down. And it seems like he's awesome at that. And there's a couple plays where he, you know, he has his eyes downfield, has his eyes downfield, and then at the last second, checks it down. Like things like that, where you just, you wouldn't see that from Zach Wilson. Like Once he's his eyes are downfield for two, three seconds, he's throwing downfield, you know, and and little things like that. And then the other big thing, and and when you look at the numbers of this game, it doesn't really tell this story because in the second half, we were up, we ran the ball pretty well, Bam Knight came in, and, you know, I think he ran for over 100 yards or almost 100 yards. Mike White, in the first half of this game, we we're not running the ball effectively. Like we weren't, and we needed to throw the ball to have a successful offense. And Mike white was able to do that. You know, in the first half of this game, it, we were moving the ball basically primarily through the air. And that is something that we kind of hadn't had yet to seen from Zach Wilson through 11 weeks or seven weeks or however many he played. Um, Just because, you know, Zach Wilson was kind of able to rely on game, make a few passes when he needed to, but he had yet to kind of have that game where it was like, we need to look to you and the passing game, win and succeed and actually do it. And Mike White was able to do that, made the defense adjust. And, you know, once we got that big lead, we were able to just kind of run all over him. But I, I think that was kind of a big, just kind of takeaway for me was we were able to say, Hey, Mike White, we need you to be the one making the plays to win this game. and And he very much did that.
0: Well, yeah, and especially I think the the game plan that that defenses around the league had been picking up with with the Jets is like, just stop the run. And Zach Wilson's not going right. to be able to do much. So as soon as you you hone in on that, it's like, OK, we actually have talented playmakers and a quarterback who understands the offense and understands that I just need to get the ball to the playmakers and they can do the rest, which is the frustrating part that we had been missing from Zach, is it's like, you know, those easy throws on uh, to, to receivers in the flat or these wide, these running back screens. It's just like make the fucking easy plays. Keep it simple. Stupid. Yeah. He made his life way more difficult than he had to. And Mike went out there and he just executed the game plan.
1: And Mike White even had a couple misses. You know, he had a screen pass where it, it skidded to the feet. He had a couple passes where where they were almost picked off. And it's like that's part of the game. But he paired that with some good plays and some accurate plays and and making things happen downfield.
0: It's so frustrating because going even to preseason or this offseason, it was like, Really, this is an offense that is just set up. You just need an average quarterback. It's the same thing that San Francisco ran with Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not a top quarterback, he is very average. But when you've got great playmakers and a great scheme, you do not need to be super uh superman at quarterback. And and we weren't getting that out of Zach. He wasn't being an average quarterback. Mike White, like you said, he had those misses. He the numbers look great. He had he just did what he needed to do. And, and that's really what you know LaFleur has set up all season for this team is just like get the ball to the playmakers, let them do the work. The scheme is going to work itself out and bend and break the defense eventually. And, um, and it's nice to see that a quarterback now has, I guess a, a good understanding. Cause I don't think we're sitting here. We're saying Mike white is the future franchise quarterback of the jets, but we're saying he is good enough to get the ball to the playmakers and let this offense kind of handle itself on its own.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, to that effect, this, I I completely lost what we were talking about here. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the. You wanted to defense. talk about.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you want. Did you want anything before we pivot? You were talking about Elijah uh, earlier.
1: Oh well, well yeah. I mean, we can talk. I kind of want to save that for kind of our projections yeah. going forward, and and the the Minnesota game. I feel like we can kind of touch Let's about the to running backs on. there as well. But but yeah, I mean, oh, that's what I was gonna say. You kind of said, you know, that this offense is built to not really need a great quarterback to succeed. And I think that's definitely true. And I think that is, it's kind of the same thing with just like the success of this jets team, because of how this defense is, is like this jets team doesn't need Patrick Mahomes to be able to act, you know, make the playoffs and win a few playoff games. And, and that's kind of my thing with the jets this season. It's been such an odd season because we've yet to have confidence in the quarterback. We've yet to have confidence in the offense. But every week I'm like, hey, well, we still have a pretty good shot at winning this because of our defense, because you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, as long as Mike White can just not fall off a cliff and be the worst, I, I, you know, I'm still hopeful that we're going to make some type of run
0: the 2020 or the 2019 49ers made it to the super bowl with a fantastic defense a good offensive line fantastic playmakers and just a meh quarterback and sure they didn't win the super bowl and you could argue that mahomes was the difference maker in the super bowl but we're not asking the jets to win the super bowl this year it would be fantastic
1: right and we can all agree it would be even great. it would be sick if they did it would,
0: be, it, would be <laughs> it would be electric but that's not the expectations this year the expectations is just to see growth in the, the long-term projections of this team which i think more than enough now we've been able to see which has got to be exciting for you and for all of jets fans Um, but at the very least this is a this is a very sound team and it's one that it's they're literally just copying the blueprint from from 2019 san francisco and what san francisco is building it is a good run scheme you run you go run heavy if you can you build off a little bit of play action you get the ball quickly out to your playmakers and you are physical as fuck on defense so let's take it away and let's talk about that defense teddy
1: yeah, I mean, not a ton to talk about for this game. It was it was an interesting uh, build up to the game because oh my God,
0: the half hour before, um,
1: Justin Fields was ruled out. I think the day before, and then you know it comes out that Trevor Simeon, former Jet, hurts his oblique in warm ups and doesn't think he's going to be able to play. So then you know the legend Nathan Peterman. Um, was gonna get the start. And then literally up until the first snap, they were like, Yeah, we're not really sure. Simeon's out there trying to go. We don't know if they're gonna let him, whatever's gonna happen. Um, so it was an interesting game for the defensive sake, just because it it was like you kind of expected the D to dominate, and it didn't seem like a huge test for them. And then the first two drives the bears came out and were able to move the ball very effectively down the field. And it was just like, kind of like, damn, like what's going on. You know, finally our offense looks good scoring on the first drive all, the first time all season. And then we got the defense, but you know, after those first two drives, 10 points let up, the defense just completely shut them down the rest of the game, um, which was good to see, you know, kind of like you said, this, this bears game, we should have won it was expected that we won especially with the quarterback with no Justin Fields like the defense should have dominated their defense is very bad our offense should have dominated and we did it was awesome it was a great stress free kind of a uh, kind of day for me but it it doesn't the jets are who we thought they were you know and and yeah. their team where with a really great defense and an offense that's you know inconsistent i guess is the way we can we can categorize them but hopefully they kind of get something moving here with mike white
0: definitely and i just want to give i we always give love to him every week and there's there's you're running out of stuff to say for a rookie but sauce Gardner. Just to run through these numbers now as we're this far into the season, lowest passer rating allowed by a rookie cornerback this season at 47.6. The next highest is 70.6, which is fucking insane. And man coverage this year, he's got 100 snaps. He's been targeted 15 times, only allowed four catches, seven yards, which is best in the league, and zero touchdowns. Uh, And then he is also leading all Pro Bowl. What a stud all pro bowl uh, voters at the cornerback position so i know he's getting that new york bump obviously as, as this is a very big passionate fan base but terrific season and, and really a, a catalyst to what would have been a good defense without him is a very great defense with him and uh and it's it's fucking amazing to watch we'll preview this upcoming week at the end of this episode justin jefferson sauce Gardner, i mean sit down and grab some popcorn it's gonna yeah. be fantastic
1: that's going to be a crazy one. And, and you know, while we're shouting out rookies, I, I just want to kind of give some love to Jermaine Johnson because he was kind of yep. the forgotten rookie after his injury. He's been awesome the past two weeks. He really has. um, And it's been great to see. So just a quick shout out to him.
0: And PFF's number one uh, graded edge rookie this year is Michael Clemens. So it's Michael like,
1: Clemens. Dude, he's what? been a stud. He's been a stud. It's yeah. crazy.
0: It's it's just we're this awesome.
1: Is, the Jets are awesome. It's a great time. Can,
0: this could go down as one of those, you know, draft classes where, you know, you think about the 2016 New Orleans Saints, I believe, was when they got Marshawn Lattimore and they got Alvin Kamara. And I believe Michael Thomas was part of that 17, one, I believe, 2017 and Maybe I'm thinking the, that was Kamara. Colts had one of those where it was Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard right. and Braden Smith. You're getting all these studs. Well, and this... the Jets
1: had it in whatever year when it was like Mangold or like Revis it... and DeBrickashaw, whatever it was. Yeah, definitely. This
0: it... can go down as one of those like historic rookie classes the way things are going, and yeah. um, and and it's exciting. Even the fact that Max, Max Mitchell, Mitchell was back in, in there yep. and
1: was awesome. Like yep. it was a clear upgrade coming back in off injury. Uh, before we shift off of this, I do well. I guess this is kind of shifting off of this, but so Mike White, right? Yeah, we've uh, you said Mike before, you know, it's like we don't think the franchise quarterback's going to be Mike White, and generally, I do agree with you statistically, majority, whatever. But you know, this Mike White guy, he has four starts, and in two of them, has snapped for over three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Um. I don't know. It's just showing the ability to like run an offense. I guess it's just, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not asking you to make any like proclamations or like projections about Mike white, you know, cause we just kind of have to see what he does, but I do think it's a fair point where it's like, all right, we've had four games from this guy and you know, three of them, I know there was the one he got injured quick, but he had a pretty good first quarter. It's like three of them. He's looked pretty all right. And you know, I don't know. Like, do you have any confidence? I guess this year, I assume you think Mike White's probably going to be the guy the rest of the year. But is there any world that you see where Mike White comes back as their quarterback next year?
0: No, no, I don't. No shot. I don't. I, it may be as a as a backup role if he's earned that number two job and the right. love of the team. But I just I don't know how this still at the end of the day like like i'm saying you know they if they're trying to be the 2019 49ers that end goal the difference maker was the quarterback in that super bowl i think at the end of the day you're still trying to get a top quarterback sure. in this league and i don't think they can rest on their laurels of saying okay we finished the season 11 and 6 i don't think we can rest on that and say like yeah let's just bring back mike white instead of taking a look at other options i think you can bring him back but i think at the very least you need to have a starter who has the right to lose his job to Mike White if it goes poorly, a la Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah. Unless, you know, he throws three touchdowns every game for the rest of the season.
0: <laughs> I, I just, like, I I I guess, yeah. I maybe. guess it comes
1: down to, like, playoffs. You know, it's like, does he make a playoff But whatever? And, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But I do, you, you really know, you ahead just ahead kind of themselves. want to give the guys flowers. Of course. Because no, you talk a, little... a lot of shit about the guy. I've talked a lot of shit about the guy. But it's like, but that's you went the... out there and balled.
0: I think that's what it comes down to is we need to we need to understand like we hated him and talk shit about him for reasons. He looked terrible in the preseason. He looked yeah. awful. He looked very bad. And to the and point in some where, games last year. Yeah. And to the point where I think like, that's
1: why I'm holding off. You have a to. lot of people I've seen. I've seen clips you have of to like hold off. I think the Jets are a Super Bowl contender with Mike White. And it's like, well, maybe no. if Mike White is this Mike White forever, but it's, it's like, come on, like, let's be realistic.
0: Chicago Bears. Like, yeah, what a... yeah and, exactly. the Chicago Bears that and... like lost one of their all pro safeties early on in the game. Like they already they traded away their best defensive player in Rokon Smith. Like this is a shell of a defense is one of the worst. In and the-
1: we knew it was a bad defense going. Yes. in. Yes. So I think with all that said, what do you say about good teams? They beat up on bad teams. We successfully beat up on the bears. That was yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah. But let's move on because the next two weeks are, are really huge for, you know, the season, the wildcard race, if there's any hope to winning the division, um, you know, we got Minnesota coming up this week and then we got Buffalo. Um, And I guess, I don't know. I guess we should just focus on Minnesota, but I is there anything you want to say about that? I mean, to me, these two games, you got to split them because going on two yeah. is really going to hurt. Um, and I'm still, you know, desperately clawing at that. I, I it's funny being like seven and four, but it's still just such a race for this playoff uh this the playoff AFC race is a in the AFC.
0: Dog hunt right now. Like there are so yeah. many teams. Like you're looking at a team right now, and just to look at the rest of the conference, like Cincinnati going in there and doing what they did against Tennessee without Jamar Chase. Now they're getting chased back. You gotta worry about them. You know, Baltimore is still hanging around with the division right now, but they don't look too great. But those teams are gonna be around in the thick of it. In the uh, South, it's really you've just got Tennessee, so they've got the division. You don't need to worry about a wild card spot there. But then, like you said, you're competing with every team in the AFC East. You know, New England and Buffalo go at it this Thursday. I I know we don't think New England's great, but they're winning football games. Um, And then in the West, you know, the Chargers.
1: Yeah, just a quick note on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw this. Someone else tweeted this, so shout out them. But it may feel odd, but I do think best case scenario for us is just for the Patriots to lose that. Because then, while yeah, it puts you, the Bills a couple games ahead of us, still, it just kind of lowers. Because three teams from this AFC East seem to be making the playoffs, right? Yeah,
0: I would, I would think so. You would
1: at least think so. So, yeah, I mean, I do still want to hold on to the hope of winning the division, but it's more but yeah, likely that New England Bills falls off
0: decision. than to. Yeah, and the yeah, team to me yeah. that I look at, and that everybody, everybody just seems to lo- like. I love a lot of players on the chargers. Justin Herbert is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. They're the team that I look at and they're sitting there. I believe they're six and six right now, or they they're right around six 500, five six and five. Find me their best win of the season. Is it the Cardinals on Sunday? Is that the best win of their season? Here are the rest of the wins. It's the Falcons. It's the Broncos by three. <clears throat> it's the Browns by two, the Texans by 10. They lost 38, 10 to the Jaguars. And then in week two, one they beat the Raiders who are also a really bad teams so the Chargers to me are right. like one of those teams they're a lot of fun and they have been banged up for most of the early parts of the season so maybe they get things humming now that they've got Keenan back and hopefully Mike Williams at some point but they're the team that I look at that's floating around where I'm like I think you're a big old faker they finish off the season Raiders this week Dolphins Titans Colts Rams Broncos so really not a ton of tough teams in there but you know Titans Dolphins could certainly certainly push them back they're one of those teams that is is in the hunt but I'm not too worried about them because I think they're a little flimsy
1: yeah and and you know this is a Jets podcast not an NFL podcast so we don't always get to spew our takes like this I think I was going to send this to you the other day but I I didn't but to me the Chargers over the past two years like they have to be the most disappointing team in football I think
0: like they have had
1: best best team in the NFL expectations the past 2 years and have just completely not lived up to that and have just continued to be a hovering around 500 team and it now it's shocking and I, you know they've gone through a lot the injuries this year, this year were a lot
0: this year injuries were yeah. big
1: but basically ha- having no no receivers for Justin Herbert for a lot but yeah it's they they have been disappointing
0: Brandon Staley is not a good football coach uh, I think that this because we're just spewing out NFL takes. I think this is where Sean Payton ends up next year. He loves being on the West Coast, working for Fox right now. He only will go to a job that's going to have like a great quarterback. The work he could do with Justin Herbert and that offense is so exciting. So I think that that's where things land. I think the Chargers understand that they probably need to move on from Staley. I just you know they've gone through two coaches now with Herbert, Anthony Lynn, and Brandon Staley, where the offense is the the least. What am I trying to say? It's the most check downy or most it's they don't have a deep passing game. Um, It's really just improvised plays where they throw deep. A lot of the offense is just built on not letting. I
1: think most check downy is the scientific. Most check downy. I like so that. I they they don't, don't good,
0: let yeah. Justin cook. They don't let Justin Herbert cook, essentially. And when you have a top, <clears> you know, four or five asset at the quarterback position, I think you need to let him cook. So I'm all of the belief that they're a little bit flimsy there. So as we look in and we could talk about this stuff because we are now realistically looking at the playoff picture. These are the teams that we have to keep our eyes out on. So, you know, I don't believe in the chargers. I'm worried about Cincinnati and Baltimore doesn't have that tough of a schedule. So they, you know, you would assume maybe both of those teams could try and sneak in, but it, it these, these next two, the, the big point of this, you're right. These next two games are extremely crucial for the jets.
1: Yeah. And, and just to talk a little bit more about the playoffs, this is the first time I'm looking at the playoffs, you know, cause I'm mostly just thinking about it as, you know, the AFC East and, how close we are there but really you know every team the seven playoff teams in the afc all have seven wins or more then you have the patriots and the chargers at six and five and then the next closest team is your colts with four wins at four seven and one get us off so in
0: the hunt graphic
1: (laughs) yeah no i mean it's you the raiders Browns, steelers the broncos (laughs) but uh no i i guess my point is I do feel somewhat confident that we're going to be able to make the playoffs looking at this just because especially if the Patriots lose to the bills this week, that will be a huge kind of separator Mm -hmm. and then it's just really worrying about outpacing the chargers, which, you know, they're the chargers. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but um, it does give you hope for the, for this jets team. So yeah, I mean, again, just to kind of, just say this again, this Jets team needs to make the playoffs. They really do. And it will be a colossal disappointment if they don't, maybe just to you know, fans or whatever, but but they're good enough to go, you know, three and three, four and two and and make the playoffs this year.
0: Especially the way that the schedule is rolled out. Obviously, these two games are tough, but the way that things wrap up, you would tend to believe that they should be able yeah. to get this done It'll considering, interesting considering what they've the game against the against
1: interesting game against the Dolphins. Detroit's interesting.
0: Um, Detroit's interesting too. They're they're yeah. a frisky offense. They just kept it close with Buffalo. The hey, week, hey, so. the
1: Jags. Our boy Trevor Lawrence. Game of his Thursday career so
0: far. Game of his career. Yeah, uh, this past Sunday. But well, let's that, talk Teddy. about Minnesota. Let's I was gonna do say this. we got we got Wait, to really talk about say. the NFL there. I'm glad we got to to spew some other stuff. I
1: know. Out. I love talking about the NFL. But, but this yeah. year the Jets are so good we don't even need to, to escape need them. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Teddy. So we've got Minnesota coming up. We talked before. They, they're they definitely one of the better teams in the NFC right now. Very, um, very strong offensively. You know, Kirk is one of those guys where I, I kind of look at in the Jimmy G stance where it's like a, you you get a average to above average play out of the quarterback position from him. They obviously have the best receiver in football right now in Justin Jefferson. Uh, still other good wideouts there, too. You know, Thielen has had a couple of good games the last few weeks. They trade for TJ Hawkinson at the deadline. He's been a massive addition to, him, to to them there, getting him in from the Lions. Dalvin Cook, a good running back. The offensive line has been a little banged up, which is why I think we've seen them look a little bit flimsy the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really good, good offense. Talented enough defense. They've got good players on the defense, but I don't know if it's necessarily been – super dominant um when you take a look at this vikings roster does anything stick out to you as a team
1: yeah i guess for me i just kind of want to address like you know minnesota has been the number one team for people to kind of be like call them frauds this year which i don't like there's nothing that makes me like want to completely push back against that like whatever you know they've had some easy wins they've they've won a lot of close games um but kind of just that list of like players that you just went over. I mean, just on the offense, you got, you got Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook and TJ Hawkinson, like all top five players at their position, most likely. And then you have, you know, other good receivers and you have a good defense and I'm not a Kirk cousin hater by any means. Do I think he's the best quarterback ever? No. But do I think he's a, you know, top half guy, at least if not better, top 12 guy, maybe, you know, I think he's right around there. Um, so I don't see this as like a, Oh, let's like, we got to go in and this team isn't that good. We should destroy them. But I just see it as like a, this is a very good team. It's a team that's won you know, eight or nine games up to this point. I should probably know that. Um, And winning games in the NFL is a difficult task. And, you know, it's the type of game that I definitely think is winnable for this jets team. I think with how good our defense has been and shown that we can play against anyone. um, And if the offense can get moving, I do think it's a winnable game, but, to me, this is just like, you know, last week was our opportunity to to not be not kind of fall to the bottom and be like, oh, shit, we're six and five. We've lost to a bad Bears team. This is our week to say, hey, we really, really are. And we've said this a lot this year, but like we really are something to be fucked with this year. And and you every know, game is a we're, statement we game. have the ability to go. Yeah, literally. But that is how it feels. And the Jets are still, you know, every week it kind of, they kind of get a little bit more. Uh, love when they come off their wins, but they still are, are being doubted by a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons to still have the ability to miss the playoffs. So I think this is just a big game that they can go in and kind of show like, hey, we're going to beat this, one of the top records in the NFL. And, and you know, we're here to stay.
0: The thing that makes it like that, where it's like every game's a statement game, is it has been a little bit of a roller coaster. You know, you get Most the wins, yeah. you're dealing with the injuries, and it's like, okay, is the season done now? They lose AVT, they lose, you know, Corey Davis is out for a while. You lose, Brees. you know, Brees, and then they're still winning games, and it's like, okay, but then, you know, you know, pretty pretty bad loss to New England. You're like, all right, now we're down again. We could prove things right by riding the ship with the Bills, and you beat the Bills, you're on the high again, and then you lose to the Patriots again, and then you kill the Bears. So it's like... I want this roller coaster to stop. I just want to consistently be answering the bell here. And uh, and Minnesota is a great Mm -hmm. opportunity to get that thing started. I was curious because I just looked it up. I was like, is this the first time that the Jets have played Kirk since he used them to get a better contract out of Minnesota? It's not. They played in 2018. Vikings won 37-17 um, in New York, but just funny because I saw Gross. a video going around this week of when that happened. It was like, oh, the Jets are coming in at thirty-eight million, and they just immediately went to Minnesota and were like, "Can you do twenty When was
1: that? What year was that?
0: I think it was the the off season before uh, twenty eighteen, so the twenty seventeen off season. Interesting. Yeah,
1: because it was really just down to those that, two teams. That...
0: They were the two teams that yeah. were going to give him like a fully. I guaranteed... do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No interesting and I, I don't know. I mean do you do you like not fuck with Kirk really you just I think, think he's, he's kind of like average
0: I think you can win with him yeah I think you need to have a, a yeah really good situation I'd say he's like right.
1: above average personally I'm a Kirk guy though
0: yeah yeah he does prime time really fucks with him he does have some stinkers. yeah
1: some bad ones but he did some write the ones. ship
0: last Thursday prime time win with I know England, so it's okay like, yes. hey, indeed maybe they indeed. got
1: things going um Thinking about this matchup, uh, uh, Michael Nania put out a tweet who he's not like my favorite guy, but I don't I don't dislike him. Um, But just thinking about how the Jets match up with him. He put out this tweet basically just talking about in both Vikings losses, which were to the Eagles and to Dallas, um, kind of the constant um, trends in that game were number one, the uh, opposing defensive line was able to pressure the quarterback. Um, You look at the Philadelphia game the big three Cox Hargrave and Sweat had 15 pressures in Dallas, Micah Parsons had nine pressures. Um and then you look at what what the number one cornerback did against Justin Jefferson. And in Philadelphia, Darius Slay allowed one for six for seven yards. And uh, Trayvon Diggs allowed two for four or two, excuse me. I'm reading this wrong. It was one catch on six targets for seven yards. And then Trayvon Diggs was two catches, four targets for 19 yards. So That's kind of the key to the game is, you know, the ability to get to the quarterback and the ability to shut down Justin Jefferson. And that's, those are things that the jets have the ability to do. Right. I mean, we just talked about sauce Gardner, one of the best cornerbacks in the league already, you know, in his first year. And then you look at this defensive line, which has been dominant and, and has shown the ability to get to the quarterback and, that's like one of my favorite things about this team, and I've been playing Madden lately. You know, I'm starting Mike White, started a new franchise with Mike White as the starter. Oh my but,
0: god, you're hilarious! <laughs> but all I
1: do on defense is like I don't run blitz plays because that's I I just love that like that's what this Jets team in real life has the ability to do is rush with four, and it's what
0: awesome. What is what is uh what sauce is rating in Madden right now? Do they do live updates throughout know. the season?
1: I'm to, not sure. I, I'd anyways, have to look that up. I'm curious. not, I'm not, a big, I haven't, I haven't yeah, bought I mean, Madden I mean, three years now. I, I just, I'm so out on video games for me. The like roster just always gets me. It's like, I want the real, whatever. Like this year it was like, I want Brees Hall. I don't want like the fake. Brees yeah. Hall that some guy downloaded and I can right. download the roster. Uh, but, cool. uh, but yeah. So, I mean, shout out Michael Nanny. I don't want to steal his stuff. That was his tweet. Um, But, but for real. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Jets, have the ability to beat this team but it's really going to rely on you know can he shut down justin jefferson how can you play on defense and then pairing that with you know does mike white come out and have another good game are we able to run the ball um i don't know what are your kind of expectations for this one this is a it's a weird one it's a toss-up it feels like i think this is a like a, a legit like
0: good jets win
1: whether it be by what we hoped the patriots game whether
0: by like whether by like 10 or 17 points i really do think that the jets are the better team oh
1: okay i i legitimately
0: like because i just when you look at how minnesota like you those those numbers you just said right there we've seen good defense great defenses really essentially shut down this vikings offense when the pressure is put on kirk is when he does struggle a little bit and he has had some really ugly plays throughout the season um, you know, the the game against New England was interesting because you're like, okay, they're they're putting up decent points, but then you're getting a return touchdown in there too, some fluky big plays where the the Patriots weren't the Patriots in that Thanksgiving game. They're making dumb penalties. Um, they allowed a special teams touchdown there. Um, so when I look at that one, I'm like, okay, Minnesota moved against New England's defense, but it really wasn't all that great outside of Justin Jefferson, you know. Um So when I look at this coming up, I think that the jets defense is going to be able to really mess around with, with Minnesota's offense and put a lot of pressure on Kirk. And when Kirk is under pressure, he's not a good quarterback, essentially. So um, what it comes down to is, okay, well, how does Mike white do against a better defense and how does this offense look against a better defense? But, the Jets are getting some reinforcements now. I know we're we're not sure about Michael Carter, and it seems like he's probably not going to be available, but you're going to have your running backs in there and Zonovan Knight and uh, Ty Johnson looked really good in that second half against, uh, against Chicago. You're also going to probably have James Robinson back in there. So three guys there. We're also expected to get Corey Davis back and having three wide receivers out there that are all very talented. And we need to talk about it, the inclusion of Elijah Moore. And if you can get him back in this offense with a confident quarterback play, I really do think that the Jets offense is really going to continue this trajectory that started in Chicago. I think, like I said, this was a really nice tune up being able to go out and just test the waters and see what this offense can look like. If you're a pass happy team, Um, I don't think they'll need to rely on the pass as much because I don't love Minnesota's front all that much. And they, they do have a talented, talented players in the secondary, but I do go into this thinking that the Jets will probably win this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was by double digits.
1: Yeah, I fucking love that. Um, quick clarification: we did have Corey Davis back last week, so he should be good to go. Um,
0: oh, I sorry, I saw that he was a full participant. Oh, in
1: practice, I
0: yeah, sorry, I completely no messed worries. that up. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, to your point, like the the defensive ability to shut down the Vikings has truly been like I'm looking at their their game log right now they've scored 20 plus games in every game except for the two they've lost which they scored three and seven so you know this Jets defense really does give you confidence like you expect them to shut this team down and not score a lot but I do think you know like regardless of how how great I think this Jets defense is you do have to give respect to to the Vikings in the fact that like they are going to put up some points, you know, and I think it's a lot of, it's going to come down to, you know, how many points is it and can the jets outpace them? Um, What is your, I mean, do you kind of think that this jets offense is just going to continue to be able to roll and, and, you know, kind of do what they did last week. I mean, hopefully we can run the ball better in the first half and not yeah. have to throw as much, maybe. That's
0: um, my biggest thing that I'm looking for is just establishing the run early yeah. on. And um and I think just making it so Mike White, like I think the expectation now is that they can be a pass first offense when you take a look at the numbers that they did last week, but we cannot go into this game thinking that we're just gonna let right. Mike White throw the ball 30 times and and lean on him. Cause it is a better team. And if they have to keep a pace, say that say that the Jets defense, you know, doesn't do its job like I think it's going to and they have to i think they'll try obviously to go more pass happy but i believe that with those guys back out there and especially what you were able to see like zonovan knight fuck i might start him in fantasy this week i really might i picked him up in our league
1: i I, I am so bummed that you that i was like i was like i don't think blake is gonna want to use his priority on him and you did
0: i did blake
1: and i were the only two who put a claim on him. it just kind of goes to show yeah, that's like one of those examples where like when you follow a team, you have a little bit of an edge. But, right. but yeah, he looked awesome. And looked great. I'm very interested. I We can kind of talk about how we kind of see this working out. I would I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll take the easy answer. And if you ask me, like, what do I think is going to happen with these three backs of of night? Ty Johnson and um, James Robinson, who I anticipate to come back this week. I would just take these answer and say, you're going to see some of all of them, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a committee, whatever. I would very much like to see Zonovan Knight kind of get the nod. Um, because number one, Joe Douglas has shown us he's been able to hit on some of these late round guys. Um, Zonovan Knight's had a lot of kind of pop and and hype around him. And I'd love to just say, Hey, let's see what we, we got. Maybe this is a kid who's, who's good enough to, you know, be a number two back, be a number one back.
0: And, and the reason that he wasn't really getting the opportunities because there were a lot of talented guys ahead of him. And now that you've got yeah. injuries to Brees and Michael Carter, you need to rely on him. So I think he's got the chance to go out there. You know the numbers last week: fourteen of six for sixty-nine, four point nine yards of carry. He looked great, and um, he added in. Let's see, where where is it? I saw it over here. Three catches for four thirty-four yards. I think three.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, three for thirty-four. Led so. the. Oh, so yeah, so he had over a hundred all-purpose all yards, yards yeah. which is what it was. Yes, which is awesome. Um. Yeah, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I I do you do like to see obviously we we couldn't run it super well in the first half. I think that was the Bears' kind of game plan going in, but you do like to see, you know, just to compare us to the to the 49ers one more time, which we seem to do a couple times a week. It's awesome just this ability to kind of throw guys in and and have a successful run game kind of regardless of who's back there.
0: Yep. Yep, exactly. I, I just, you know, and and I don't want to seem like I'm so reactionary to how they looked against Chicago. But like, you know, you go to the press game, the post game, and you see the entire team come up and like, you know, bombard Mike White in his oh, post game yeah. press conference. The vibes are good right now in New York. They understand that like with this guy competent under center that they are a good team. I think that this is a this is a real kind of pickup and something that they can carry. And now does it help them out in, in Buffalo the following week? We'll have to wait and see. But I think for a team like Minnesota, where we have seen kind of their weaknesses play right into the Jets strengths. I, you know, the line is sitting at plus three. I think they're just sitting that as like Minnesota's the home team. So we're gonna give them a three point advantage there. Mm, to yeah, me, kind of a I think this is a this is a Jets win where I think the offense could go into the mid twenties. Minnesota's offense, like do they get past seventeen points? Do they get that's past kind of points? my like, number.
1: That's that's I just, the most I could kind of see. And and it feels like weird to be that confident, but that's what this Jets defense has been, you know, like why would you expect them to give up more than 17? Right. Um, other kind of thing I'd like to discuss today um, is just your thoughts on Elijah Moore.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: because we kind of touched on it earlier, but Elijah Moore seemed to have his first kind of relevant game um, back in a while, had two receptions, got the touchdown, um obviously you know hilarious that it came in in the week that Zach Wilson gets benched and he does it with Mike White but I guess my point is um Elijah Moore was able to do that and have the game he did you know playing only 35 percent of the snaps and having only two targets throughout the game so I think there's kind of two schools of thought here and, you know, clearly my first is okay, well, he still still didn't play a lot, still is kind of that number three receiver role. You know, Barrios was still out there a ton in the slot. Um, so you know, maybe it was just kind of one of those pop-up games. But I do think there's something to the to the fact of, you know, good players earn targets when they're out there. He didn't play a ton, but when he did, he was able to get targeted and make plays. Um, so I do think there's a second school of. Thought, which is, hey, Elijah Moore might be able to, to use this like competent pass game that the Jets have now have, which they didn't have with Zach Wilson to kind of show like, hey, I am really good. And what you saw last year wasn't a fluke. And I'm going to go out and earn and get open and you're just going to have to play me more because that's what it's going to come down to. Um, obviously, I'm rooting for the latter there. Of course, but I guess kind of what are your thoughts? Like, you what, just, what would you project? I guess you,
0: I, I would project that, as you see throughout the rest of the season, his role in the offense because it increases like I wouldn't see any reason not yeah. to. If the passing game is going to have this pop that it lacked the first 10 weeks. You're going to want your best players out there. And at, at the end of the day, he is still one of the better Offensive playmakers Definitely. on this team. Now, obviously, Garrett Wilson has taken the reins as the lead guy there. And, you know, Corey Davis was back, albeit one catch for nine yards that past week. And yes, they fed a lot of mouths. I think it's 10 different receivers caught passes. And I believe all 10 had caught passes in the first half as well, too. So, which is just like, it was like three drives
1: in, which is crazy. So they just, he had, he had it. or like maybe it wasn't that early, but it was early crazy. That, were, that the announcers were dropping that little nugget. They got involved
0: so early and often. I I just think when you are trying to add this element back near, like you can add in the passing game now with with Mike White under center because he has a better knowledge of the offense and he's quick right. to make his decisions and he can get the ball on target to his playmakers and let them do right. the work. And we've seen and Elijah Moore time and time three, after again. Reads. Elijah Moore with the ball in his hands is a deadly combination. They just needed somebody to get the ball in his hands. And I think that's where a lot of his frustrations came from. I don't agree with how he handled it. It was very annoying and frustrating to deal with in the early parts of this season. But like I said, I think the vibes are good in New York right now. And if part of that is Elijah Moore feeling better about his role in this offense, I think this is something you continue to see kind of go up now. Because if he is there, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis, like that's a great trio. And we thought it was going to be a great trio heading into the season. Um, I don't think we expected as much out of Garrett Wilson as what we got. So now if we can get Elijah Moore, even just sort of back to where he was and even just like half of where he was last year, this is a whole brand new offense. And it's something that I think for a team that is trying to cement itself as a playoff team and hopefully advance in the playoffs, you need somebody like that to add in this wrinkle this late into the season offensively.
1: I agree. And, and, yeah, quickly, just to talk, yeah, Garrett Wilson has been awesome. I mean, he's the he's best. a number one receiver stud, hopefully just continues to rise and rise and really become one of the best players in this league because he's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I guess I would say that I think Elijah Moore's role is going to continue, and I think it goes to just that, like, earning targets thing. Um, I think another important point is we talk all, all the time about um, – you know, just getting the ball into your good players' hands and letting them make plays. That's kind of what Elijah Moore's first catch, not the touchdown, was. It's kind of how Garrett Wilson's kind of game uh, day went. And, you know, I love Corey Davis. I'm a Corey Davis guy, for sure. And I, I like Corey Davis probably more than a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with Corey Davis – I guess like the separator, I would trust Corey Davis more to, you know, make a big catch, a possession catch, make a big yeah. bodied possession receiver, things like that. And there's a lot of times you need that. And especially for an inexperienced quarterback, that's important, but kind of the flip side of that coin is like Elijah Moore. Yeah. He's a little small. He's not going to be able to make those types of catches always, but what he is going to be able to do is just take the ball and then outrun everyone, you know? And, and I think that's something that hopefully becomes a bigger part of our offense. And, you know, hopefully we see all three of these guys, you know, Garrett as the one and then Corey and Elijah kind of getting it done in their own right. I mean, what Corey Davis had one reception last week, still had a drop on a third down that was huge, but his one reception was on a third down that was huge, you know? So it's like, they 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 kind of uh accompany different roles to me and or occupy different roles. And I think that um I guess just like the opportunity for Elijah Moore is going to be there whereas it wasn't with Zach Wilson
0: as the season develops you need to find more n- new ways to stress a defense because at some point defenses will start giving and they've been giving Garrett Wilson attention but if you think that you're, he's the only guy that you really need to worry about you can really start to focus in on Garrett Wilson and kind of take him out as well as you know we tried the the Jets try to take out top receivers by putting sauce on him every week like there are guys where like you need to keep finding new ways to adding these wrinkles to your offense it's almost like You know, the last four or five weeks, not having Elijah Moore out there, and I guess his entire season has been a little bit of a dud, has kind of been like, okay, well, what's this new wrinkle that we can add to this offense? If Elijah Moore can start to integrate that, you also have to start worrying about him like he's a guy that, like you said, with the ball in his hands, he stresses out a defense. And if you can match that with Garrett Wilson and competent quarterback play and a good run scheme, this offense can carry some of the workload that it hadn't been the first 10 weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, just to talk about – I was frustrated with Elijah Moore as well. And I, I t- still, you know, regardless of everything that happens, I don't think he handled it the right no, way. Not at all. But, you know, all this shit with Zach Wilson, it does at least, like, show you, like, <laughs> hey, he wasn't completely crazy. Like, right. he was pissed off because of all saw. this shit, and, and it does seem – and, you know, I, do you have anything else to talk about Minnesota? Because I'm kind of ready to – I have something I want to jump back to. Go ahead um this (laughs) i love this part of the podcast at the end where we just say things wait
0: hold on before we do score prediction give a score prediction for this vikings
1: oh yeah i'm gonna go 27 17 jets win
0: i was gonna do that too um well that gives the under i want to root for the over i'm gonna go i want to root
1: for points see it's hard to root for the over when you want the yeah yeah Vikings that's a good point i can't do a lot it. of points unless I,
0: i'm gonna say the jets are gonna put up 30 now they're gonna win i'll go last 24. week i said no. i'm
1: not gonna project that anymore sorry to yeah and then they fucking and scored they 30 cocksuckers
0: 24 <laughs> to 10 jets win
1: i we're confident man fuck this could be so bad what did we, we predict, predict did last week? week dude i don't remember what i thought i think i probably predicted like 17 to 10 or some shit jets win yeah, well,
0: because at the time we thought, well, I, I don't know if that would have changed it, but we did think there was Zach just was, so many questions. We, so we did think Zach Wilson was playing. So we did think Zach Wilson was there assume, after putting yeah. up three against the Patriots. So.
1: Yeah, I guess the 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 thing I wanted to talk about, which, you know, I feel a little bad because we're just piling on Zach, but. I think what what was an important revelation last week for me and, you know, I, I kind of feel stupid saying all this because it's been true for two years. Oh, you know, I feel the same way. But, but the Jets' best games offensively over the past two years have come in games where Zach Wilson was not playing. I mean, you look back to last year, we had a terrible start to the season. You know, we were like, what, 0-2 or 0-3 or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, Zach Wilson goes down, and all of a sudden we see – Mike White throw for four touchdowns. Joe Flacco throw for three. Josh Johnson throw for three, and then Zach Wilson comes back in, and it doesn't happen. And it's just right. kind of like, all right, well, he's young, you know. Let's see that it. Tampa game, and then you come into this year, right? But even the Tampa yeah. game, I think he had it two was a touchdowns, few like two hundred twenty like yards. It wasn't plays. like he had yeah. a three right, uh-huh. and it wasn't like he had a three touchdown three hundred yard game. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I said it last week when you when you look over this many games. Even if Zach Wilson wasn't hadn't been that great through all of them, you'd expect to see one flash in the pan of, oh, shit, he went off this game and won the game for them. And that's just not something he did. And, you know, we've seen it from every other quarterback that we've had over the past few years, except Zach Wilson. So I think that's where it's just like, you know, I would put my hope that Zach Wilson, I would put my my chance that Zach Wilson ever plays for the Jets again at like. 10 percent.
0: i think unless fair. he's
1: just a backup i just don't see like maybe they can deal him this offseason because someone wants to take a shot at project uh, like uh, on potential or mate like i don't know but why say say we finish out the year with mike white which i think is the most likely scenario I and agree. then and then you go into the offseason you're not going to go into the offseason with zach as your starter or into the next season with Zach as your starter, because that just would be backwards. So you're probably going to bring in a veteran. yeah. And then it's like, okay, so Zach Wilson's going to be our backup, but do we want Zach Wilson to be our backup? And then it's just, you know, the only way to me that Zach Wilson can come back with the Jets is if, number one, you know, the locker room truly does kind of get over it and reaccept him. And then number two, Mike White's going to have to play bad a couple weeks in a row. And we're gonna have to throw him out there this season. Which still, there's that hurdle of Joe Flacco right this season, yeah. and then he has to do well. Like that would be the yeah. only way I could see us going into next year with Zach Wilson as our quarterback.
0: Realistically, to me, what I would see is is next spring training or next training camp. What it looks like is is you've got the vet that's brought in Zach and Mike White. Those are the three, and then at the end of the day, you ship Zach out. You have Mike as the as the backup there. That that to me, is right? Like, I mean. Like I, I, you would have to you'd you give him the chance, but you know very well that when it comes down to it, if that vet is good enough and if Zach doesn't take some miraculous step in the offseason, right. it's going
1: to be like you are competing. You, for have, the to, spot. you have to have yeah. to get him out of there.
0: He's not going to be there. And it will be yeah. so funny and interesting to watch and see what Joe Douglas will try and get for Zach Wilson, because you would have to think that you can't get Jack shit right now for zach wilson
1: i know you would you would think so but but he's he's the master deal maker age and fucking the word potential has has given value to invaluable uh items or players at at times in the past so I, i don't know but
0: here's what i'll say though now that
1: i'm thinking about it there
0: are a few teams out there that could get pretty desperate at the quarterback position and that's changed pretty quickly not to change it back to an nfl topic but like you look at the rams and, like, Matt Stafford got him the Super Bowl, but what the fuck future do you have there with him? He looks banged up. He had a really bad season. Tampa with Brady, is he going back to New England now? Like, what do you got going on there? you Are going to go with Kyle Trask? Uh, you know, what's – See, that's Las where Vegas I'm kind of getting
1: tripped up. Yeah, I agree with you fully, but that's where it really – it's like, is Zach Wilson better than anyone? Like, no, he's is, not.
0: No, I'm not saying his starters. I think you bring him in there as a, as a backup. No, no, as I'm
1: saying player, is he better uh, than any backup? It like 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 would you rather start Zach Wilson oh. or John Wal- Walford? You know what I mean? Like John Walford or whatever has at least scored some touchdowns and like not been the worst. Like Zach I, at the Wilson end of the day, though, really, it's it's what you say the potential bad, though.
0: We, that's no, why you'd have to say, the and potential. that's why you have you'd to go for now, him over right, Walford now, right, now. But now, if you gave me, right. would I rather have Zach Wilson as my backup or Colt McCoy? I might go Colt McCoy. So that's a really interesting game here we're playing because there are some guys yeah. like if I want a sturdy backup quarterback, you'd have to give me somebody that is like really unsturdy as a backup like Walford or Bryce Perkins to be like, OK, yeah, I guess I'd rather have Zach Wilson there. But if I've got Jacoby Brissett or if I've got uh, Teddy Bridgewater, like, no, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, yeah, I'm keeping those
1: guys. And even God,
0: this is crazy. I, Can you imagine? It's whole it's Zach Wilson crazy. thing is just so
1: wild because like he really is i like like i it just blows my mind like completely lost the locker room like his teammates do not like him offensively and defensively or at least are frustrated with him and obviously lose like losing will make that happen but he was five and two like it's not like he lost every game um and but then you just look at like his play and it's the the problems that zach wilson is seeing in not being able to do the easy stuff in like like robert saw his his lower body and his upper body are not connected he's losing the fundamentals he's back at square one like legitimately
0: you were number two overall drafted
1: pick and you're two years into your career and you're at square one you got to completely start from from bottom up with fundamentals with footwork with all this stuff that you've been working on for two years it's like
0: You've I do want to say there's some hope for this kid, life, dude. Right. I
1: w- I want to say there's some hope for this kid to bounce back, and maybe it is like a mental hurdle thing. But it's just the if you're a betting person, the odds that Zach Wilson kind of comes back in his career are slim. And you know, listen, you only get this opportunity if you play in New York, but just add it to the list of another kind of guy who like mentally New York broken, like, like it happened with Mark Sanchez. It happened with Sam Darnold. It's happening with Zach Wilson where it's like, like you can't even take any steps forward because you're so like down and there's all this outside noise and pressure and people piling on and your teammates. And it's like, it's just a fucking whirlwind right now. And I'm sure Zach Wilson is not having the best time. Well, that leads me exactly to
0: our final one give me a training camp battle next off season between Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. Give me it. I need it. Give me them in like Carolina battling it out or in Houston. The two of them just going after it for a starting job. How fucking comical would that be? That would be nuts. Who would you rather it's have right now? would be
1: nuts. Sam Darnold or Zach Wilson. And neither, neither <laughs> Zach Wilson, because it means that we get to play Mike light, but that's oh, what I, I mean. I, I'm a Sam Darnold guy. Listen, no, you I him? root the, for these boys. I really do. I so, and it takes I a lot for, for me to be out on them. I know. and I was and not a Sam Darnold guy. Sam Darnold. I, we watched Sam Darnold get a win last week, and he did not look, look good remotely. He looked like the same old Sam Darnold. And I think it's like the ability for us to bench Zach right now is so big to me because it, it really is like that you know, we we're, were not getting tricked by the wins. And I think that's important. And I think when you looked at, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, like, how are they winning these games? Are they winning it because of Zach Wilson? Or are they just kind of finding ways to win in spite of him? And truly that's what it's been. And like, I don't, I'm just glad that we're not like in this rut of like, let's just hope Zach Wilson figures it out. And, and, you know, that's it. I'm glad that we have put together a great team. And despite the quarterback, the most important position in football, we're seven and four we're in the playoffs. Hopefully we can, we can continue to make some noise brighter days. Hopefully our Weep Buffalo with Blake and I in attendance. Wouldn't that be nice in attendance? So, so what do you think you're gonna wear? You can wear. I've Bill been stuff thinking if you about, want, this. but like you're I've on been thinking a Jess spot.
0: I'm on a Jess spot. Josh Allen is the goat. I've got the Josh Allen jersey. I've been one of the biggest day one Josh Allen guys. Like go, yeah, go you go back. You hopped on years. the Bills
1: when they were bad.
0: I have. I dove do on like I dove on Josh Allen is the best quarterback of that class from that draft process. You can dig through my Twitter. Like I love Josh. He is probably my favorite player in the league.
1: No, Blake loved Sam. I don't Donald. know.
0: I'm I don't saying. know, man. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I kind of
1: want you to wear Bill stuff just so that when the Jets win, I you can, can like be clown like,
0: me for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we are going with a couple of Bills guys too. We got to so. be
1: respectful though, because you know you can get stabbed in Buffalo.
0: I know that's maybe why I should probably just go go josh allen keep it safe yeah i got the i got a bill snapback yeah i'm 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 in there i definitely am
1: yeah maybe maybe wear like a jets undershirt and then when the jets rip it off rip off off your josh allen jersey freeze oh all right you keep saying that have you looked at the weather i i'm just assuming it's
0: december and buffalo
1: i have no i know i hope it doesn't suck but i like it it hasn't been too bad up in uh upstate new york these days but it's been it's been getting colder and I just knowing and like our luck, I bet you'll it be like the coldest day of the oh, year, like snowstorm. I guess Buffalo did just have that crazy they snowstorm. They did have a bad one in Buffalo. So
0: yeah, it'll be a fun time.
1: Yeah. It
0: All will right, be a fun cool. time.
1: I'm excited. And, and these next two weeks, man, they're big for the Jets. Let's they get are. a winner too.
0: Let's get off the roller coaster. Let's keep this trajectory up and, and let's kick it. Last our way thing to the- I want
1: to say. Yeah. If the Jets beat Minnesota and the Patriots lose to the Bills. I think it's like we're making the playoffs. Like, I think that's going to be like enough yeah. for however the rest of the season goes. I think we'll be able to get there. If we lose and or if the Patriots can win, then, you know, there's going to be a lot of, of of opportunities to kind of lose it. But really, I do think that that this would give us a big kind of two-game advantage on them. And then you just got to worry about the Chargers.
0: New England's schedule is pretty rough through the rest of the way. So they've got Buffalo yeah. today when you're listening to this podcast or yesterday whenever you're listening. But then they go to Arizona, then they go to Las Vegas. Those two you'd say okay, maybe they could probably take care of those, but they finish off the season against the Bengals, the Dolphins and the Bills again. Like those are that's a tough yeah. way to to finish off your schedule, so I agree if they're able to get a win in Buffalo Thursday and then the Jets fall or even if the Jets fall and the Patriots lose, like it does get a little bit dicey, but I'd much rather have the Jets' second half schedule than, than the Patriots right now.
1: Just another thing to know, we keep talking about this Jets' second half schedule. I think it's like the like fifth hardest in the league to close out the year or something like that. And I mean, well, a lot of that is with the Vikings being 9-2, and two, Miami, and you have the Seahawks who've been great but it, it, it's not like these games are like when we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, we thought the Vikings would probably be a middle of the road team. thought the dolphins would be a middle of the road thought team. The Seahawks thought would be bad. the Seahawks would be the worst team. And you know, here we are and that's not really the case. So, so, you know, I'm confident, but there is definitely some, uh, well, it's, it's some tough it's opponents funny. ahead and like, we'll see what
0: happens. The, this is the thing that you always say is like the, the schedule context matters so much. Like we look back now, we say, OK, the Packers are a bad team. The Broncos are a bad right. team. The uh, I'm trying to even think that's why it's always such a dumb
1: exercise to be like. And well, we this did that exercise. This, yeah. and, and we said right. and we said
0: like uh, we that's why we didn't believe they were going to make it through the first 10 weeks of this this uh, season. Even I record. think
1: I projected four and like six or three and seven. To start exactly. the year. Like, yeah. Nobody projected this Jets team to be where they are. They're a year ahead. It's fucking awesome. It is. We're gonna win the Super Bowl this year and next.
0: Wow, we're going it's back happening. to back. First I guess we need a quarterback in, though. That's the one thing with the Super
1: Bowl. Only one team can win. And that quarterback is a giant separator. It really that is. one
0: game. That that quarterback matters. Yeah. I think you go back the last like decade and it's like quarterbacks Mike, outside. Mike White.
1: Of... Imagine Mike, White if Mike White's just the guy, just wins three Super Bowls over the next ten years. Okay.
0: Be so fucking sick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay i said now imagine. It's time
0: now it's time to end the show teddy
1: yeah i guess we'll see you guys but i'm fucking yeah. amped up
0: teddy's amped. mike white's leading the jets to a dynasty here
1: thank you guys for listening
0: Follow us on Twitter and YouTube at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Teddy at Teddy Huncho. Me at Spring Blake with four A's. I, I'm i going to throw it. Uh, I'm just going to sh- take a shot and see that he still has that Instagram account open. Yeah, he hasn't been again. on it in a while, but I'll just be like, hey, what's up, man? You need this? Offer 10 bucks. Give you, give you 10 bucks for it. Well, thank you guys so much. Enjoy this game against Minnesota. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.